Welcome to a Life of Choice podcast, the podcast that helps you shift and broaden your perspective to get more out of life. I'm your host, Robin McKay, so let's get started. So Canadian Mental Health Week is coming up May 1 to 7, 2023, and the theme is My Story. And we all have stories, both personally and people in our lives. And the statistic in Canada, at least, is every year, one in five Canadians experience a mental health or mental illness. All of us have mental health. It's just how are we addressing it? How are we dealing with it? And in the current state of our economy, with fears about recession and different things that are going on, supply chain issues, all these things, our stress is high, and that can really impact our mental health. Without tools and techniques to help us address that, we get into a really high state of stress where we can't focus, we're not able to think about the next thing. It's harder to make decisions when we're in that place, and often it results in overwhelm which really means that you're out of your personal power and just not clear what to do. So again, that decision-making, or maybe you get snappy at people. I know for myself that has ongoing health issues, when I'm feeling really sore and haven't had a good night's sleep because of pain issues, I can get a lot less calm and I can be more reactive than I normally am. And I teach meditation. I do meditation every day. I have lots of tools. And by having those tools, I can see when I'm doing it. And then I can slow down and take care of myself. Without those tools, I'd be yelling at people, being not kind to myself or others. So there's lots of reasons to really need to address these mental health issues both for ourselves and people around us, our loved ones, those in society. And we have more and more of that with this high stress and people who are not receiving treatment, refuse treatment. And there's been more violence in Vancouver, just really weird things across Canada, you know, in other countries as well. And that relates to mental health. So what's coming up through the organization, Canadian Mental Health Association, they're really wanting to spotlight community-based mental health care champions programs, securing universal mental health care, what can that look like, and expressions from people. For some people, it's photos, music, sound, dance, nature, whatever it is, and that's a big one for me is nature to help me with my mental health and my stress levels. If I'm not getting out for a walk, at least every second day, preferably every day, then I notice that I'm not as present as I normally am. And I need to make that commitment to myself to get out and have a walk. And in my own family, Mental illness was something that I saw a lot of. With my mom, she was suicidal. The first time I remember her attempting suicide, I was four years old. 
and there was many more attempts. She was a tough cookie, you know, um, her parents came from the Ukraine, they were farmers, she was a farmer, and also worked in logging camps, cooking, and so she had to be tough. So her resilience was not a healthy resilience. And it almost took her out many times. My aunt, she had similar problems, even though she had a more stable family life with her husband and kids, she would go through cycles where she would have breakdowns. And in those days, there wasn't a lot of understanding and often it was pills and more pills and electric shock treatment. And I still have feelings about that because they do say they continue to do those treatments less frequently and not as strong, but it definitely has long-term lasting effects. And I remember in college arguing with my professor and saying, oh no, it doesn't have any long-term effects. And from my lived experience, it really did. And I know there was overlay of other things and especially medications. And it was unusual to just have electric shock. There was usually medications and other things that were included with that. Plus, it puts so much fear in people. It's like this authoritarian, um, patriarchal view of women's health. And I could go into a long history, which I won't, because my background is psychology. And there has been that place of, well, we'll just shut you up. We're not going to let you to talk about it. And even I remember my mom in her later years in hospital and extended care and staff saying, do you want to talk to someone about it? Because she lived with an alcoholic, rageaholic before we left when I was quite young, five, almost six. And he was abusive in every way. And so rather than address that, her way was to withdraw and Anger, she had anger about it, which she could not express. Anger turned inward is depression. And so it's interesting too that that pattern of being around people who are depressed continued till much later in my life where I made choices and there was a part of a fear in me that I would become that way too, that I couldn't be my unique self because it might be seen as crazy or whatever. And so I didn't really want to stand out. I didn't want to show my difference. And so there was this place of not being who I truly was. And that's why I do what I do now. That's been my life's work is always to help people to find that kindness, to be who they are, to express that and understand why we do those things. And, you know, for me, those places where I could have gone down a much darker hole was after the cancer. I had cancer 23 years ago this year. And after treatment, I was coming back into the workplace 
And I couldn't remember how to do my job. I was just absolutely shocked. How could I not remember how to do my job? I'd been off for six months and it was the trauma of the cancer and dealing with the after effects of treatment. And I didn't know at the time that that can actually cause, you know, your brain to kind of separate and because it's in survival mode. And often we don't actually deal with the emotional part of an illness until after that survival part is over. I know that's true for me and I've met many people and worked with people where that is true. And so I was fortunate. I worked in a workplace that had return to work coordinators that supported a gradual return. I could do alternate duties to gradually build up and I did. I got back to my job. It was great. I could do it again and even went on to create other areas of work in the same workplace. And it was very successful. And I'd actually applied for that job, the return to work coordinator. It was a new positioning with a joint view from the employer and the union. And I was in the last two, so I was the runner-up, so I didn't actually do the job, but I really supported it and found it was really, really valuable. And I think that that's kind of an area that employers can do again, kind of take some of those ideas from return to work as we figure out what's our kind of new normal, just like we do in the cancer world. What's your new normal? What's our new normal with the workplace? right? There's hybrid, there's all at home, there's there's so many variations and it really depends on the individual company and the type of work, where people are located, people moved away from the cities during COVID. And what I'm hearing is a lot of people are wanting to come back now that things are opening up and they're realizing what they're missing or what they feel they're missing, their life has shifted again. And so it can be really challenging during this time to figure out what do we want, because things are so much in flux in all parts of our lives. And there were other parts where I had a, also had hepatitis C, and I had challenges with the employer regarding working hours. And that was really hard. And it could have taken me down a deeper hole, and I was really fortunate by then. I had started to teach the meditation and healing system, and I had a lot of support outside of the workplace, and it was really helpful. And so I do have a new offering that I'll be teaching. The first class will be April 17th, and it's a workshop, so a couple of hours and you'll actually get to learn about anxiety and depression and what they're telling us and an actual tool, a meditational tool to help you work through that and find out how it came in and a way to transform it. This is a lifelong tool that you'll be able to use. So I'm really excited with my family history of mental health issues I think this is just such an amazing opportunity 
in a short time to really have another piece, another tool in the tool belt that you can bring out for yourself and see how you like it. And it's not a huge commitment of time. And I really hope that you'll be interested in checking it out. I will put the link in the show notes. And if you have any questions, please reach out. So I'm wishing you a wonderful Easter. It's just before Easter as I record this and uh, sending you lots of love. I was locked out of my <laughs> account to upload um, the podcast. So I finally got back in. So hopefully I'll be a bit more regular. So that's life. And it's part of just being real, being present to what's going on. Lots of love. Happy Easter. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed listening, please rate and recommend the show on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week.